It is almost time for the weekend. You know what that means, right? It's time for another edition of the Speaking for Him podcast. I'm Adam McNutt, alongside the host of the program, Mr. Andrew Gomison. Hello, Adam. It's good to be with you. And today we are wrapping up our 2013-2014 Speaking for Him book club. And in the next few weeks, we will review reveal four new titles for next year. We want to continue to do this. And we're hoping for more audience participation as we go on. But I think we have a really good selection for you today. And that is Johnny and Ken, An Untold Love Story uh, by Ken and Johnny Tata. And you probably are familiar with Johnny because she has an international ministry called uh, Johnny and Friends. And they do a wheelchair equipment outreach called Wheels for the World. And I will try to have some links in the show notes so that you can find out more information about that because it's a very solid ministry which really inspired me and helped me come to terms with my disability. My parents got me a Johnny's Kids uh, tape when I was about seven or eight years old. And I think she even had a monthly Johnny's Kids Club. And just a funny aside before we get into the book... um, She would send out small gifts to people on her mailing list every couple months, I think, for the Johnny's Kids Club. And so one time my parents took me to see her live, and I pulled my chair right up to her and said, Hi, I'm Andrew. Remember me? Because I assumed that because (laughs) she was sending me stuff that she knew who I was, not realizing that she probably had hundreds of names on the sheet (laughs) and she just signed a bunch of books or a bunch of whatever and sent them off not really knowing the people but that's just just an aside about a young boy coming um in contact with one of his uh first real celebrity you know one of my first real celebrity encounters anyway so anyway this book is a really good and candid look at their life and marriage together. But before we get into the meat of our discussion, Adam has a quote of the day. All right, this comes from Mr. C.S. Lewis, pretty well-known name. He says here, God, who foresaw your tribulation, has specially armed you to go through it, not without pain, but without stain. Now, this um, quote is is listed in the book, Every chapter starts with a quote, and this quote was in the book, and I just really liked it um, because, again, and I know I talk about this a lot, but it shows us that God has purposes for suffering. And, uh, and as we'll learn as we discuss this book, we will find out even more so how true that is. And so, without further ado, I would like to welcome back to the podcast um, our first regular partner, I would say at this point. Yes. Since she's been here a number of times, Naomi Van Harn. Naomi, I'm very grateful that you've been helping with this book club. It's been fun, and it's been fun to work with you. So, welcome back. Again, thank you for having me. All right. Well, we're going to start with a softball here, and that is... um, what are your initial thoughts on the book, just as an overall? Well, like you said, growing up with um, 
her being on the radio as like a celebrity figure, I never thought past that. So I felt like the book really opened my eyes to that she is an everyday person, you know, like us. And I like what Dennis Rainey says in the beginning of the book that Ken and Johnny are a couple who model real love and real commitment and a real marriage beto- between two very real people. I, I I have to be along the same sentiments. I mean, I think that you think that you know somebody, especially if they're in the public eye, and mm-hmm. like just kind of harkens back to the story I told at the beginning where as a kid I thought I knew her because she sent me stuff. and But then you realize as you read the writings, and even as you read this book, like I have to admit when I picked up this book to read it, I was like, well, I know a lot about their story. Mm-hmm. You know, and I thought I knew the story, but there was a lot that I didn't know. And uh, so it was just really neat to um, sit back and to read this book. And it doesn't take very long. I read it, I think, in two days. So for those who are not readers in general, this might be a good way for you to get primed for our first book of next year, which will be a classic selection, which will probably be a little longer. <laughs> I was thinking Les Mis, but I think in order to do that one, Les Miserables by Victor Hugo, I would have to start reading it now for two years from now. <laughs> selection, because that maybe is about a thousand pages long. That'll be our 200th show. Yeah. But thinking, you know, but just think about this. My brother's read it twice. Wow. Because it's his favorite book. But that's neither here nor there. Let's get back on track. But all that to say that I thought this was a very good book. I thought it was interesting because they had a co-author who obviously um, is an author himself. And rather than writing it in the first person, they actually had the author write it in the third person as if he was looking over their shoulder and observing their life. At a distance, and I thought that was an interesting literary device to use for this book. It wasn't what I was expecting, but it makes makes a lot of sense. So I really, I, I think I really enjoyed that aspect, and I just, I think it's a, a very, it's a succinct read, but much like. The Ten Benchmarks of a Vital Faith, which we talked about previously, it is a very short read, so it doesn't take much, but it gives you a lot to think about. So, did anything particularly humorous stick out to you? Yes. Uh, I have marked the story where they go to the theater, and he's asking her and Judy to be quiet, and she keeps talking. She's whispering, but she keeps talking, so they get outside the theater, and Judy leaves, and they start fighting about that they should, you know, he she he had asked her to be quiet and she didn't and how he felt that was rude. And, um, and but then someone comes along while they're fighting and they, of course, both put on their smiles. And it's just that is so that's so how every you know, that's how I am. The other day, my husband and I were fighting about chicken. <laughs> and then later, you know, we came together and we're talking about it. And, well, I thought you were saying this. Well, I thought you were saying that. And Isn't that know, the truth? So, um, but I just, I like that they shared that because it is such a little thing. And it's how mm-hmm. after that they, they talked to one another and resolved it. 
Well, I I found a lot of humor in when they uh, were in Hawaii for their honeymoon. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, see, one thing that I didn't quite process, I think I knew it in the back of my mind, but I didn't quite process the fact that she was quite famous and well-known before they got married. Mm-hmm. So, and I think it even mentions in the book that he wasn't really prepared for that, that he didn't even see her as a celebrity. Like, he kind of met her because she was, because he the first time he saw her, he went to one of her talks, and I think it says something along the lines of he pretty much knew that he wanted to meet her after that and get to know her better, if not already knew that he wanted to be with her for the rest of their lives, but he was pretty sold on her right away. But he didn't really realize that she was a celebrity, and mm-hmm. in a way, I thought that was refreshing because it made her more real. Like some people get into the vein of being a celebrity and they forget who they are as a real person. And I think we see a lot of humility in Johnny throughout the book as well as in Ken. Mm -hmm. So I really like that. And just the fact they got off the plane or they were in Hawaii and these people came up to them and they thought that he was just her tour guide. Yeah. and so they started taking pictures with her. And she's like, I don't really want to take pictures because I'm on my honeymoon. And this is actually my husband. <laughs> and and they're like, oh, you're married? Isn't that great? And they just kept wanting to take pictures. But <laughs> yeah. that was that was kind of one of the humorous moments for me. Uh, here's an interesting question for you, Naomi. What do you think is the biggest lesson that you took away from this book? The biggest thing that I learned was that God is never done working in our lives or in our marriages. Um, I was surprised by how it wasn't until 30, was it 28 years later in their marriage and um, the cancer had come and their lives were changed, but for the better and how God used that in their lives in a way as a blessing. And so I just think that, um, Sometimes we tend to think, well, there's no hope for this person, but you're removing God from that equation. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I really liked how they grew separately in the Lord and then also as a couple in the Lord. Oh, absolutely. Um, I think one of the biggest lessons that I took away is more of a reminder lesson that suffering brings blessing. Um, because you think being a, a paraplegic, being confined to a wheelchair, not being able to feel much um, beyond her shoulders down, that that would be bad enough, you know. And then she, all of a sudden, even though she is supposed to be this paraplegic that doesn't feel anything, she gets chronic pain, mm-hmm. you know. And because she's a paraplegic, another interesting aspect is that she gets chronic pain. But whereas I, whereas my foot will hurt, and I'll say, guess what? My foot's hurting. Somebody better help me treat my foot. She'll get chronic pain, and she won't know where it comes from. She'll just know that it's in her body, which, may, which, may, which makes specialized, targeted treatment very difficult. Mm-hmm. And the very fact that she is paralyzed means that theoretically she shouldn't have pain, but somehow... In the last decade or so, it sounds like 
she developed this chronic pain which she's dealing with and then on top of it to have cancer mm-hmm. i mean that would mean far less has torn apart couples you know yeah. even if you go on the conservative estimate because a lot of times we throw out well half of all Christian marriages and in divorce, just like the world. I, I've read, I read a recent story that said, um, if you're talking about born again Christians who are in fellowship with their local church, the rate is more like 25 to 30 percent. Mm-hmm. Um, because a lot of people like to call themselves Christians but don't live a Christian life. So a lot of people get lumped in there that might not really have a life changing relationship with Jesus Christ. But whatever the case, Marriages have broken out, broken up for far more than what, for far less than what this couple has gone through. And yet every trial, as I read the book, seems to have brought them closer, which is, it's just an exciting thing and a reminder that when things get hard, blessings can come out of it. All right. Do you have a favorite story in this book, Naomi? I enjoyed the part that talks about when they go to Romania and Poland, um, partly because I love history. My sister's been to Romania, and also because... So she's still hoping to go. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Austria's up there, too. And um, But I love how she talks about the blessing that they are to the people. and not She doesn't talk about it in a bragging way, but she sees the joy on the people's faces that she's speaking to and the hope of Jesus that she's bringing to them. And so often when reading history, we only hear the conditions, um, what many Christians had to go through behind the Iron Curtain, but we don't often hear that they had moments where they had hope and joy. And I just love how uh, her and Ken also see the bigger picture for both of their lives of serving the Lord while over there. Well, my favorite story in the book is when Johnny first encounters Ken because she um, is in church. She's getting distracted from the sermon because there is a guest speaker, so it's not her typical pastor, John MacArthur, who always enthralls her and holds her attention. So she spots this guy in the, the a couple rows up from where she is, and all she can see is the back of his head. And she starts praying for him. She says, God, I don't know who he is, but if he's married, keep him faithful to his wife. If he's not married, bring a wife to him. Take care of him. Help him to trust you. If he doesn't know you, um, help him to get to know you. And she's going through this whole list of prayer requests for this guy's head, the back of his head. She doesn't have any idea who he is. And then a couple um, weeks later at church, somebody introduces her to Kentada, uh, who would later become her husband. And the first thing she says to him is, turn around. and so he turns around and she looks at the back of his head and she's like you're the one that I was praying for Mm -hmm. and I just think that is one of the greatest uh, meeting stories ever and it's just so neat how um, I don't think her disability was ever a question for him like 
he went to see her even when she was sick. Before they started dating, she was in bed for a whole summer because of pressure sores, and he went and visited her. And he, and he, he spent time with her, and then eventually they had their first date. But he never, he never had any doubts that he wanted to be with her, and he actually started working out so that he could lift her and take care of her mm-hmm. when they went on dates and such. So I, I just thought that was kind of neat because I know in my personal life as I have been seeking to find the one that God has for me, I know there has been some resistance um, to the idea of of contemplating a, a future with me. But it's been encouraging, encouraging to me that when God brought the right person to Johnny, it was the right person. Mm-hmm. And it didn't take very long for either of them to figure it out. Now, they didn't mention it in this book, but I thought I had heard um, somewhere else that she had rejected his proposal a couple of times because she would thought he she thought he was a little crazy. And she was like, are you sure you know what you're getting into? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but he insisted and uh, they got married and they've been married for over 30 years. So it's just it's a great testimony um, to God's faithfulness. And then Naomi, how did this book change your view on suffering? Um, I think like Joni and Ken talk of the good things that come from Joni having cancer. The, uh, the fact that instead of just focusing on how miserable they are, <laughs> they try to, what does God have in store for us? How is God going to use this? Um, and I also admire how, even though she's in horrible pain, when she gets the cancer, she thinks, oh, good, this is my out. Now I can go home. Now I don't have to deal with this pain. But then she thinks, but I don't want to leave Ken. And that to me is a big, that would be a big sacrifice. I, w- I would want to be without the pain. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we're, we're, you know, the human race in general is pretty wimpy. And our first reaction to pain is get me out of it as quickly as possible. Yes. Right. <laughs> Instead of saying, teach me. And like, like Johnny's saying, I'm willing to stay here in pain because I care about my husband and I don't want to leave him alone. Mm-hmm. So that, that is, um, very true. And, and just, it just again shows you that even in huge amounts of suffering, you can be blessed. Mm -hmm. And the next question is, what was most surprising uh, to you about this book? I'm going to take this one first and tell you that the most surprising thing to me about this book was I kind of assumed, again, I thought I knew a lot, that the secret um, to their success in marriage was that they had a lot of uh, personal care attendants and that Ken had plenty of time away from her so that he could uh, recharge and be ready to come back and be the husband she needed, which I'm sure part of that is true. But interestingly enough, after she gets cancer, God speaks to him in a very real way and says, Johnny is the most important, most precious treasure 
that I've ever given you. Take care of her. And he relates that he was kind of arguing with God a little bit and saying, aren't I already doing that? And he essentially, after that point, kind of kicked some of the other care attendants. I'm sure they helped a little bit still. But he basically said, from here on out, I'm going to be Johnny's primary care attendant. And so he shouldered more responsibility as a result of that because of what he was convicted about before God. And that really struck me. Yeah, I would agree. I did not know that she had that chronic pain for so long. And I didn't know that uh, a lot of the painkillers didn't work or after a while wouldn't work. And I really admire that she continued to work. I don't know that I could do that. She, But she continued working even during the beginning of that, um, you know, when the pain started. She didn't stop working. She kept working. And that surprised me. I I didn't know that. So. Oh, yeah, that that is surprising. She kept up a full schedule. As a matter of fact, talk about working through difficulty. She was on her way to the airport before going to speak at a graduation. And her husband had to break very quickly. And she fell over in the van. Because she was situated in a way that he didn't want her to be, but she wanted to be facing a different direction so she could talk to somebody else in the car. So he reluctantly agreed. Then they get in an accident, and she thinks she's okay. Of course, she's paralyzed, so she doesn't realize, you know, pain the way we do. Well, come to find out, after they took off in the plane... They found out that she was having sweats, which is one way that that they know that paralyzed people have broken their limbs. She had broken her leg when she fell over in the van. And so she goes to the hospital and then they call her husband and he says, I'm sorry, this is my fault. I should never let you go. I thought this would happen. And so he comes to be with her and she ends up getting a cast on and then going to the graduation and mm-hmm. speaking with her leg up in a cast. And it's just like nothing stops this lady. She's like the closest thing to a human superhero that I think (laughs) I've ever heard of. Like in real life. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. It's humbling to me. Because when I start to complain, you know, at least I have feeling in all of my extremities. And and it kind of reminds me of another book. I don't know. Maybe we'll eventually read it and talk about it. But it's called The Gift of Pain. Um, by Dr. Paul Brand, and it just talks about how much how much we have to be thankful for if we feel pain, um, and about how his work in the leper colonies taught him that it, it usually wasn't the leprosy that made limbs fall off. It was the fact that lepers lose sensation in their limbs, mm. and then they do things that they wouldn't normally do, like burn themselves on food or step on a nail. They could walk for days with a nail on their foot and not realize it because because wow. they don't have any feeling and things like that. And just it just reminds me of that, that even though pain is painful, I'm glad that I can feel it because when I do feel it, I know that things need to be taken care of. Mm-hmm. So God's uh, warning. <laughs> it is. Pain is God's warning. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So this is the final question. And you'll notice that we're trying to streamline and make these podcasts a little more 
listen to what we know. The last one was pretty long. Um, and we realized that we didn't have to give you a full synopsis of the entire book. We just wanted to wet your whistle so that you will um, go out and buy the book or download it to your Kindle or however you want to read it. But the final question that I have for you, Naomi, is why should people read this book? Well, I think that, for one, it's, it is very interesting. It's not your normal marriage. And there is a lot of lessons that, while I was reading, that they were learning them. It was a good reminder to me. I like how during... Um, there's times where she's talking and she's saying how they're not spending time together and how that's hurting them. They're both busy doing good things, but they're not spending time together. And that was a good reminder to me to take time alone with my spouse, with the Lord. And also I love how throughout the book, both of them will praise the other person's gifts. And they're not necessarily gifts that benefit the other person, but they'll say, Oh, like he leaves roses in all the rooms right before they leave in one part of the book. And she's like, oh, what a waste of money. And But then at the same time, she's going, no, this is who my husband is, and I love him for it. And he does the same thing with her. He sees her dealing with the cancer in a gracious way, and he praises her for that. And that was a good reminder to me to what does my spouse do and how can I praise him and lift him up? And and it all, in the end, brings glory to the Lord. And I think that that's what their lives do. And and for for all of us, regardless of the level of our relationships, whether they are friendships or whether you have a spouse and it's your spousal relationship, that's such a good lesson to know. Mm-hmm. Because we look at everybody through the lens of what we would do. I look at Adam and I say, well, I wouldn't necessarily do that because... <laughs> Because that's just not something I would do. I'm not saying anything in particular, mind you. But I'm just saying we all look at each other through the lens of what we would do. So if people do things differently than we would, we we tend to look down on them. Mm-hmm. So the idea is, in a lot of ways, to find the to figure out how the person that you care about is wired and realize how they respond to situations and recognize that that's what they're doing and that they're not doing something against you or to make you upset, but rather just responding from their own point of view. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good lesson for any of us to learn. And I just think that marriage marriage is under attack in so many ways today that it's good to see a marriage where it's not, you know, everything's saccharine sweet. You know, they could have easily written a book about how great the other was, you know, 100%. And just had this this fantasy kind of, and just had the good parts of their real life. Mm-hmm. But they got down to the nitty-gritty. You know, they talked about fights they had. Um, you know, Ken talked about being uh, discouraged in his marriage to Johnny. And they talked about drifting. And then they talked about coming back to to being with each other. You know, I I never thought that this statement would be true, um, or I never thought about this statement being true, but Ken said that through the process of Johnny's cancer and becoming her primary care attendant, he fell in love with her all over again. 
And you think, well, with all the extra work that he had to do, with everything he had to give up, how can that be true? But the reality is, God asks us to lay down our lives for him, and then he gives us blessings. God asks the husband to lay down his life for his wife as Christ laid down his life for the church. That's what he asks. And so he knows whereof he speaks. And this story is such a blessing and an example of that that I wholeheartedly recommend it. And we will have the link on our show notes. And we just thank you for listening to these book club podcasts. We hope that you'll go back and listen to the discussions of our other podcasts. If you have an idea of a book that we should review in the future, we would be glad to do so. Just let us know. And if you want to participate in studio for any of our book discussions, let us know about that as well. We will be back in a few weeks for the new lineup. But until then, uh, but until next Friday, this is Andrew Gomison saying, alongside my co-host and executive producer Adam McNutt, have a great weekend and keep serving the best of masters. Also, special thanks to Naomi Van Harn for being in studio with us.